You'll want to be turning to the first chapter of Joshua in the Old Testament. A little bit later, we're going to read Joshua starting with uh, chapter 1, verse 6, in just a few moments. For many people, their introduction to Joshua of the Old Testament begins with his being a part of that 12-member spying or scouting
conversations with, my devotional today gave me a great thought. Let me share it with you. We need to start conversations by saying something like, the words of this hymn came to me and I just can't get it out of my mind. I think God must be trying to tell me something. You add to the list. Come up with ways to bring your devotion time, Bible verses, things that God gives you to other people. Go back to that devotion time as well. Let me make this point as well. Start when you have your morning devotion or whenever you have it. Start praying and ask God to give you someone to share that verse or share that thought with. It'll bless you and it'll bless them. There's another sub point here, and that is to think about it, to meditate. The word says literally means to chew on. In other words, we bring it to mind. We bring it up again over and over and over again. How many times? Have you read a very familiar passage of Scripture, something you have read many, many times over, and it's like the light bulb comes on and you see a new word, a new phrase, something comes to you that you'd never thought about before? One person said the way to meditate is to memorize, and the way to memorize is to meditate. They go hand in hand. Listen to these words found in Psalm 119. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. We need to talk about it. We need to think about it. And then this last point from verse 8 is that we need to live it out. It must move from communication and meditation to application. The Word of God must be on our lips. It must be in our hearts. And it must be in our lives. Deuteronomy verse, chapter 30 verse 14 says this. The word is very near to you. It is in your mouth. It is in your heart. So that you may obey it. There's another translation that says it slightly differently. And I like it. It says this. God's word is in your mouth and in your heart. So you can live it. Number three in our outlines today. Remember God is with you. Moses wasn't there anymore. And so Joshua needed the assurance that God was now going to be with him. Joshua 1.5 says, God tells Joshua, As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Even long before that, God had made that same promise through Moses to the Israelites. My presence will go with you. Exodus 33, 14. It reminds me of a prayer of a four-year-old trying to memorize the Lord's Prayer. And one time he was heard to say this, Our Father who art in heaven, I know you know my name. <laughs> Dear brothers and sisters, claim today the promise that God knows your name. And add to that the promise of Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Here's your homework for today. This is going to be another one of those put it on a sticky note or print it with your computer and put it somewhere where you'll see it often kind of statements. Rewrite Jeremiah 29 11. And every time you see the word you, delete that and put your name instead. For I know the plans I have for, say, your name. Plans 
to prosper, say your name, not to harm you. Plans to give, say your name, hope and a future. That sounds like success to me. Even though Joshua and his nation were small in comparison to the enemy, they had the very power of God on their side. Joshua 1.9, look at our verse. In verse 9 says this, Have I not commanded you? He said, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And this wasn't a new thought. Sometimes spend some time in Deuteronomy chapter 7. In fact, 6 and 7 both. And you have accounts there of God telling them before. Uh, in Deuteronomy 7, God said, You may say to yourselves, these nations are stronger than we are. How can we drive them out? But do not be afraid to, of them. Remember what I did for you with Pharaoh back in Egypt. You saw with your own eyes the great trials and the signs and the wonders and the mighty outstretched arm which the Lord your God brought for you. The Lord your God will do the same again. Do not be terrified, for the Lord your God who is among you is a great and awesome God. Just like Joshua, and just like the nation of Israel, we see ourselves sometimes as small in comparison to whatever challenge or difficulty or hurdle may be in front of us. But we have someone on our side, someone with a capital S, who has promised his very presence with us. Real success is not a matter of strength or courage that we muster up on our own by following one of those books on the clearance table. The humanists, would try to convince us everything you need is inside you. You just need to discover it. You just need to find it. Now, to be true, God creates us with potential, yes. But the only way that godly strength and godly courage will be found when, is when we realize that the God of the ages is walking with us. Don't miss the point. For Joshua to lead the people into the land of Canaan and claim God's promise, he had to be strong and courageous. They could not do what that generation before had done. Listen, in Deuteronomy chapter 1, Moses is reminding the people of what had happened. He reminds them of how they were unwilling to go up into the land that God had promised them. The land that Joshua and Caleb came back and said, he's already given us this land. We need to go forward. They refused to follow the command of God. Moses reminded them how God had said, do not be terrified, do not be afraid. God is going to go before you. God will fight for you. But then in Deuteronomy 1.32, Moses sums it up and he said, in spite of all this, you did not trust the Lord your God. And that outcome, the result of that fear and that unbelief was that an entire generation missed out on the blessings that God had reserved for them. 
God doesn't want Joshua and his generation to make the same mistake. He doesn't want us to make the same mistake either. And this can be applied to our personal lives, and it can be applied to every church in the kingdom of God today. It would be very easy to look at First Baptist Church Titusville and to look with human eyes and human understanding and say things like, well, you know, we're not as large as we used to be. We're not as young as we used to be. We don't have the budget we used to have. We don't have the staff we used to have. I don't know that we can make much of an impact, but let's just do whatever we can and we'll, we'll try to make a little bit of an impact on Titusville. Let me tell you something. That kind of philosophy is stemming from a weak faith in God's success formula we must be strong and courageous we must dwell on his word and we must remember that he is with us and there's one more point we have to not leave God behind Deuteronomy 6 12 there's another verse there that reminds them that when they do go into the promised land, not to forget what God had done for them in the past. You know much better than I how God has led and blessed in your life and has done mighty and wonderful things in your life and in the life of First Baptist Church of Titusville. Let me ask you this. Where is God now? Where's God now? The prophet Elijah challenged those false prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. The story is in 1 Kings 18. You remember they built their altars, but they didn't light the fire. They were to call down fire from their gods. And when they tried, nothing happened. <laughs> and so Elijah then started taunting them because fire wasn't coming down like they were calling for. And he was saying things like, where is your God? Is he away on a trip? Is he too busy? Is he asleep? And so I ask us today, where is your God? Is he too busy? Is he asleep? Now, I know we know better than that. We trust God's word. We know his promises. Isaiah 43, 1 through 5 reminds us several times over and over again of God's presence. Psalm 139 reminds us that wherever we go from the deepest depth to the highest height, we can never go anywhere and escape God's presence. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 20, I will be with you always. Our passage today begins with that sixth verse in Joshua 1. Back up one verse to verse 5 and you hear this. God saying, I will never leave you or forsake you. And so, yes, we know, we know that God's not too busy. He's not away on a trip. He's not asleep. But let me remind us of a story from the New Testament to help make my point right here. In Matthew chapter 16 is where Jesus asked his disciples what people were saying about him. And you remember their answer. Well, some say you're uh, John the Baptist or Elijah or Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Now, these were all superstitious answers because, you see, all of those people were dead. But that really wasn't the point. That was just to lead into what Jesus really wanted to ask them. Who do you say I am? In other words, who am I 
to you. And so that's what I meant by my question this morning when I asked, where is your God? Is your relationship with Him alive and vibrant and growing? Can you say to anyone, ask me how I know He lives. He lives within my heart. Do you have the kind of relationship with Him that you can say every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before? Do you have the kind of relationship with him that you can claim those Old Testament promises that are then quoted in the New Testament, Hebrews 13, 5, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Or is your relationship with God such that he seems to be asleep or he seems to be too busy or he seems to be away? Joshua would say to us today, you want success? First, you have to answer this question, who are you going to serve? Elijah would say to us today, you want success? First, you have to answer this question, where is God in your life? Jesus would say to us today, you want to be successful? First, you have to answer this question, who am I to you? A pastor assumed leadership at a new church in a new community once. And very soon he was asked by a woman, a member of the church, to come and visit her father who lived with her and was in declining health. And when he arrived at the home and she took him to uh, his room, he noticed that there was a chair beside the bed. And he, he said to the man, I guess you were expecting me. And the man said, no, <laughs> but go ahead, have a seat. Let me explain. And the man started talking and he said, you know, I never was much good at prayer until someone told me how he did it. He told me to have an empty chair close by. And by faith, just imagine Jesus is sitting in that chair. And then you just talk to him. And the man said, we talk day and night for hours at a time. And he said, but I have to talk softly though. Because if my daughter heard me in here talking out loud, she'd think I'm worse than I am. <laughs> well, it wasn't too long after that that the man passed away. And when the pastor went to see the daughter, he asked if her dad's death was peaceful. And she said, I think it was. But the strangest thing is, when I found him, he had gotten out of bed and had sat down on the floor and placed his head in that chair. Who is God to you? Be strong and courageous. Dwell on the word. Speak it. Think about it. And live it. Remember that God is with you. And don't ever leave him behind. Let's pray about it. Father, we thank you for these words today. And we pray that you would help us to do just what we've been thinking about today. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would bring us your strength, your courage. We ask, Father, that you would help your word to come alive to us. And help us to live those promises. 
Father, may we remember always that we can never, never escape your presence. Remember that you are always right there with us. Father, help us to never forget, to never leave you behind. Forgive us for those times that we try to take control and instill in us once again, Father, a desire to know you better and to serve you better. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn of commitment. The words are on an insert in your bulletin. I think they'll be on the screen as well. And this brings us to a time of commitment in our service. If God is speaking to you, if there's a matter regarding your relationship with this church or with him that I can help you with, you come and let's talk about it. Let's pray about it. You may want to come and kneel here at the front and seek God's presence in that way. In any way that God might be speaking to you, would you respond as he touches your heart? Stand as we sing.